And we are live! Friday, Friday, Freaky Friday. Yo, guys, welcome to Game Breakers. It is Friday, as I just mentioned before. Yes, finally! The end of the freaking week. You know what? Here on Game Breakers, what we usually do at the end of the week is drink. I'm not sure what you drink. Could be anything. But, my friend, you deserve a drink. And I love it, man. Yo, Great, great, great games happening last night. And by the way, the NFL draft. What the heck happened? What the hell happened? I'll tell you what happened, man, because we're going to dissect every pick of the first round, give you guys an analysis, a breakdown of what happened, what was the biggest reach, what was the biggest steal, which team had the best draft so far. It's all coming up right now on Game Breakers. And then slowly but surely, transition over to basketball give you guys some breakdowns as to what happened last night a lot of potential game sevens last night a lot of potential game sevens did not happen unfortunately but you know we'll see exactly what happened how each team lost and the teams moving forward what's going to look like for an early little you know little small preview of what's going to happen in the second round but anyways Let's get you up to date with the NFL draft, man. Oh, my goodness. Yo, day one was spectacular, spectacular. And just pay attention to what teams I want to name to tell you guys who had the best draft so far. Obviously, starting off with number one, Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevon Walker from Georgia. Now, what I was saying before was, you know, the reason why, unfortunately, I couldn't do a mock draft yesterday um, I actually ended up joining my boy Chris J show. Shut up and listen. Make sure you guys go check that out. But anyways, join the show. He asked me what would be the biggest surprise. And I said the biggest surprise for me would be even entertaining the idea of selecting Trevon Walker. But like I said before, Jaguars are going to do Jaguar things. And that's just what it is. And I, I called it. I think everyone else pretty much saw it happening. And as it got more closer, the date. You know, we became more a reality to see it happen, you know. And Trevon Walker from Georgia, a guy who has the traits. They are purely drafting this guy off of traits. But the big issue is to only have 9.5 sacks in three years, and I believe, what, around 14 tackles for loss in three years, for you to be the number one overall pick is a lot. It's a big stretch. A big stretch. So, I look at the way the Jaguars are thinking. I say, yes, they he has traits that could possibly be really dominant and that could translate to the bigger pro uh, side of things. But I want to draft a guy at production, a guy who's the safest pick. And at the safest pick for me was Aiden Hutchinson at number one. You pass on him, you took Teron Walker. Now, for me, this is a boomer bust prospect. Like He's going to either be a guy that's going to really, really use those traits that, that they saw in college and hopefully – you know, use them and dominate at the NFL level, or he could just be another guy that just flops. But for what it's worth, Jaguars, for me, they get a C plus so far for this. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the the grade will change by the end of the night, you know, because they did have another pick in the first round, so it'll change. But so far, C plus. I don't really feel this, this move of tra- uh, getting to Ron Walker. It's not really the big thing for me. Now, Detroit Lions. Now, that is a move right there. Anytime, you know, my, my guy Mel Kuyper said, anytime you can get the number one overall pick at any other spot outside of number one overall, it's a good draft. Aiden Hutchinson, for me, was the best player available on the board. 
Jaguars missed on them. Lions pounced on them. That's what happened. All right. A guy that's safe, you know, the, the drive, he has a chance of being uh, Chase Young slash Nick Bosa slash Miles Garrett. You know, he, he actually has a high grade, according to PFF, coming out of college than those three players. So I love this move by the Lions. The Texans, Derek Stingley did not see that coming. You know, you know, going back into the earlier mock drafts, we saw Derek Stingley being a top five, top three uh, pick. But as we got later on in the draft process, the pro days, we was, we was on the, the Sauce Gardner hype. It was on the, the fact that or the, the thought that Stingley would not be a top three, top five pick anymore. Well, that was wrong. Um, so, you know, when it comes to Stingley, he, to me, is the best pure cornerback in the draft. Um, but the issue is, obviously, the injuries and the inconsistent tape he portrayed in his first year or, or in second year. Sorry. Um, but, you know, get some good value there. It reminds me of the Titans selecting Caleb Farley last year, a guy who has natural instincts at the cornerback position, just has to get healthy. He gets healthy, then you could be getting a steal in that. So, you know, good for the Texans. I'll give it – oh, so the Lions, I'll give it an A. So far, I'm going to backtrack there. For the Texans, I'll give it a B plus because what you could get from Derek Stingley is a good, uh, really shutdown cornerback with all the intangibles if he pans out and if he stays healthy. Um, New York Jets, Sauce Gardner, the first of many three draft picks in the first round for the New York Jets. Sauce Gardner, I love this move. Listen, I know what you guys were saying before. Uh, I, I did say I wanted KT, Kevon Thibodeau, but – you know, based off of what we did for the entire draft, not much of a need. We get the best cornerback in the draft, according to reports, according to draft analysts, you know, and a guy who is great in man press coverage, tall, strong, great defender, allowed only 43% of his passes thrown his way. I love it. Did not give a single touchdown in college. And it doesn't matter who he's covering. I get that. But if you dominate your uh, opposition, you have a chance to really put some good tape out there. And that's exactly what he did. So, Kudos for them. Jets, A for me. Giants, A+. plus. Passing up on Kevon Thibodeau and getting Kevon Thibodeau at five for the Giants was a great thing for them. You know, the biggest thing was that they needed an edge rusher. They needed a, a right tackle. They got that in Kevon Thibodeau. And skipping to number seven, they got Evan Neal, Alabama. Two guys who were penned to be the number one overall pick early on in the mock drafts that were coming before. So Evan Neal from Alabama, you can't go wrong with him. You get a left tackle in Andrew Thomas. You get a right tackle in Evan Neal. You solidify some parts of your offensive line. Looking good for the Giants. Can't miss prospects. A-plus for me, for both those picks. Uh, let's jump back to number six, Carolina Panthers. I, Kem, and Kwanku. Good. Good. A for me. A really nice pick for them. You know, a guy who's a, a manhandler in the offensive line um, could play any position on that line, by the way. And the Panthers, obviously, they didn't really feel too comfortable trading for a QB, nor did they feel comfortable in drafting a QB. So you have Sam Donald there still. I'm not sure who else you're going to have on the roster. But as it stands right now, at least you have a nice offensive line to block for whoever it is who's going to throw the football for your team next year. So nice move. Good pick for me. A plus. A, sorry, no, not A plus. A, just A. Yeah. Falcons. Falcons. So I have, I was actually intrigued. It, depending on what the Falcons did would determine what, what we would do at 10 because they choose a, a safety, Kyle Hamilton. Then we have our picks at either or of Jake London or Garrett Wilson. 
They choose Garrett London. I mean, say Garrett London, Garrett Wilson. Now we most likely have to go with Drake London if we enamor if we're enamored by him that much. But they go with Drake London. Drake London, a nice guy, a big body receiver, uh, should be well in that offensive scheme for the uh, Falcons and for Arthur Smith. I like the pick. I'll give it an A for me. I think that you know you need some help for uh, Marcus Mariota to come over there and at least have a big body receiver or a receiver just to get some things going, right? So no Calvin Ridley. You need a receiver. Good pick for me, A. All right, Seahawks, Charlie Cross. Not that bad at all. Once again, another OT that is physical, strong, has a good pass blocking grade for him. And, you know, as a Seahawks, you need to build pieces. You need to build in the trenches. That's why I believe you should start everywhere building the trenches. And we saw the past couple of years, Seahawks did not have the best offensive line pieces around to protect uh, Wilson back when he was the QB. So, Starting off strong, and we know that the Seahawks love to run the football anyway. So getting a, a OT like Charles Cross from Mississippi State, um, you can utilize him in that running game. Hopefully, he can get better as a run blocker too. Jets, second of the three picks in the draft, the best receiver. I told you guys, man. I said to you guys, this right here is my number one receiver. My number one. All right. I love Garrett Wilson, a guy who has some great straight line speed, a guy who is very fluid, um, has some good route running. And on top of that, you know, he he has this way of contorting his body to make tough catches. Not the tallest, six foot, but still, you get a receiver, you get some more weapons for Zach Wilson, and now we are talking business because I love what the Jets are doing. A-plus so far. A-plus now, all right? Saints, Chris Olave. So they trade up to get Chris Olave. Uh, with the Commanders. Commanders got the 16th overall pick. They got a third rounder, and they got a fourth rounder. Saints got the 11th overall pick. Now, here's the thing. I don't really mind the idea of being aggressive to go get Chris Olave. Uh, maybe they saw that the, the Washington Commanders may have picked them. Maybe not. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, uh, this team is it's not a bad move for me. It's not a bad move to trade up and go get Chris Olave. You did need some receiver help, so now you have Chris Olave there returning Michael Thomas, you know, and maybe your depth receivers and Callaway. But so far, it's not a bad move at all. I'll give the, the Saints a B-plus for this one, a B-plus. You know, just the, the ammo that they gave up to get him isn't terrible, too. I mean, you swip, you you swap first-rounders, and then you give up a third-rounder and a fourth-rounder. I guess, I, you know, the defense is going to be stout like that anyway. It just all depends on how many points the, the offense can generate with Jameis Winston coming back at the helm. You know, you have, um, I believe, Andy Dalton there, too. So, yeah, you know, you, you have some pieces there. Now, Chris Olave, straight line speed, can take the top off of defenses. Good pick for me, B+. Uh, Detroit Lions. Now, this right here is kind of, you know, it started off nice with Aiden Hutchinson. All right, A+, plus for that. I'm going to drop the grade overall for the Lions to a B+, plus, right? Because the good thing is, is that, Drafting Jameis Winston, I mean Jameis Winston, Jameis Williams is the Lions organization is patient. So they're not really expecting to win games now. He's not the really guy, the guy to come into this offense and just, you know, take them to a whole different level. But the issue is this team needs pieces and these holes to be filled. And by, you know, swapping first rounders, right, with the Lions and the Vikings, and then giving up a second rounder and a third rounder and receiving a second rounder back, I thought you could have possibly 
I mean, just look at what you did with Amara Amar St. Brown. Like, he wasn't a first-round talent. He wasn't a first-round pick. You got him in the later rounds, right? He was a good piece for them. He's a, he's going to be a stud for them at the wide receiver position. Now, you trade up to get Jameis Williams. Not a bad pick, obviously, because before he got injured, he was that guy. But I just have a big problem with the amount of pieces it took. They're not one piece away from contending. They're not. So you need to fill this roster as much as possible. And trading up to get him, I'm not too sure about that. But he is still an impact player. And when he does come back on the field, he will be productive for me. Uh, and you do need receivers that Jared Goff can throw to. I'm wrong saying Brown's not going to cut it. So, yeah, I'll give it a B plus. I'll give it a B plus. Eh, maybe I'll give it a B. I, I'll drop it to B. Yeah, I, I don't really like the idea of trading up when you need pieces. We need holes to fill. Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Okay. So, what freaking happened? I'll tell you what happened. All right. So, Eagles trade with the Texans. Right. They swap first round draft picks. Uh, they get the 13th overall pick. The Texans get the 15th, uh, 124, 162, and 166, which is all in the later rounds, pretty much. You know, you're just swapping two places. Not that much. Draft Jordan Davis. I like Jordan Davis. I really do. From Georgia, Eagles beef up that defensive line that has some, you know, that could be much better. Had a little bit of problems here and there, but you know this team is now finding its identity in terms of, you know, uh, using the trenches to win games. Offense line was stout last year. Defense line is going to be much better this year. Okay, so a guy that can pretty much operate against the run, that's a good thing for the Eagles. And once again, you have him paired up with Fletcher Cox. Uh, now you have a chance to really assert yourself and your dominance in the trenches. So I give the Eagles a B for this one. It's not that bad of a pick for me. Um, Baltimore Ravens, this is a steal. This is a steal. And this is a Ravens pick. Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame, that's a great pick. A-plus so far. Because, yeah, I know they have. They just threw out me to Marcus Williams. I get that. But now you have that. You know, the Ravens love their man coverage scheme. Yeah, you don't really have your defensive coordinator there to work that anymore, but depending on who that is, I, I forgot, but depending on who it will be, um, you have a chance to really have some movable pieces within that defense. You get back Marlon Humphrey, you get back Marcus Peters, you add Marcus Williams, and now you add Kyle Hamilton, the unicorn of the draft, who you can move around anywhere on the field. Defense is going to be special than next year. It's going to be great next year. I love the Ravens pick. A-plus for me. Texans draft Kenyon Green. Okay, so this is the draft that they got. All right, moving back two spots to draft Kenyon Green is not terrible. Um, I thought there were eh, – I don't know. I I, 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 don't, I thought there were better uh, guards out there. You know, I thought there was a Zion Johnson who could have been a better pick for them, but I guess it is what it is. Kenyon Green is still like a top talent, top first round talent, I guess you could say. Maybe like in the later stages of the first round, but you know, he's still there. At 15, maybe a bit too high. I'll give it a B. Uh, but so far, overall draft grade for the Texans, I'll give him a B. Yeah, I'll give him a B plus. I'll give him a B plus. You know, I think uh Stingley outweighs this pick, but because you have Stingley and because you draft them, you have a chance to really have a shutdown cornerback. Kenyon Green is not a bad pick. He's just a, a little bit of a reach, but it's not that far of a reach for me. Uh, Commanders, Jahan Doxson at 16. Mm. Trade back to draft him. All right, so you get a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick in return. I don't know. 
I'm not. I'm not really too keen on this one right here. I'm really. I'm really not. You know, you had Traylon Burks out there. Uh, I think there's a bit of reach for me. I, I think it is. Traylon Burks was out there. Uh, you could have had another, a better receiver. I don't know. Uh, maybe Sky Moore. Yeah. Jahan Dawson for me. I guess you could say he's okay. But first round uh, pick at that spot, I'm not really too keen on it. But the biggest thing is he will have Terry McLaurin on the other side of him. So, you know, you can have that and hopefully he can come into his own. Uh, I'll give it a B minus. I'll give it a B minus. It's not that bad of a pick, but it, it's it's not the best for me. It doesn't, it doesn't shout great. All right. Chargers draft Zion Johnson. Now, this is a good pick for the Chargers. Good pick. Get him at right guard to put there and you beef up that offensive line. Listen, man, you want to protect the QB as much as possible, and protecting Justin Herbert is the biggest goal for this team. Drafting Zion Johnson, who was one of the better guards in the draft, good good for them. I give him an A so far. You know, so you have uh, Zion Johnson, and you also drafted last year Rashawn Slater. Offense line is looking good right now. It's looking good. Tristan Wirfs is a guy who I, I remember back in the day drafted, uh, I think two years ago or three years ago. Um, and you see the production that he gave as a uh, young left tackle or right tackle. doesn't matter what he played for the Buccaneers. All pro right now. Pro bowler, I think. So, yeah. I, he reminds me of, of Tristan Wurz in the sense that he could be that good early on. I like that pick. Titans. Titans trade. Oh, my gosh. Not the biggest trade to happen. And the reason why I'm not talking about this separately because it happened in the draft. A.J. Brown. Is going to the Eagles. Titans traded AJ Brown to the Eagles, and they got an 18th overall pick, which is what happened in the fourth or uh, fourth round pick. Sorry. All right. Now they draft his comp in college, Traylon Burks, Arkansas. All right. Now the issue was between the two parties was that the Titans did offer uh, AJ Brown a contract. It wasn't enough money. That's what he said. It wasn't enough money. It was low offer, according to him. So, with that being said, they traded him. They wanted to draft a cost-efficient receiver that can pretty much be a similar comp to what he is. Now, Traylon Burks, for me, is not that bad at all. I think he's, you know, you get a similar kind of uh, player in Traylon Burks as you do with A.J. Brown. So, it's not terrible. A guy, when you catch the ball, he's a very physical runner. He could get yards after the catch. And just give him the damn football. That's what they said. Give him the damn football. Now, will he pan out? I don't know. But what I do know is that when you have a guy like A.J. Brown as a top 10 receiver easily, top five maybe, do you – I don't understand why you wouldn't give him the money that he deserves. I, I don't get it. I, like, you are a team that is treading water when it comes to being one of the best teams. And now you've probably – to be honest – Every team in the AFC West is probably better than them. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest here right now. You you never know. So this team is treading water of trying to be one of the best teams in the AFC, and you traded away your best receiver. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. And now you're going to put Ryan Tannehill to get the, the growing pains of Traylon Burks if he does not pan out early on, which I don't really know if he will or not, but it is to be remain to be seen, right? Um you have the Colts who are making some moves who are coming back into the fold. Like, I don't know if that was the best move for me. I don't know. Eagles, great value. I think Eagles definitely won this trade. Eagles get an A for me because now you have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. You know, you wanted some more production from your receiving core. 
for Jalen Hurts, and now you got AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, who can command that one-on-one coverage and just pick it poison. To be honest, Devonta Smith, straight line speed, deep threat. You know, more of a, a nice uh, has the uh, both packages of that. AJ Brown, physical, good speed, good straight line speed, and you just know how great he could do for any team, especially for the Titans. You know, Jalen Hurts is going to take a big boost for me next year. He's going to take a, a big step forward next year as a passer. Because A.J. Brown, you don't really have that many pieces aside from Devonta Smith on that team. Jalen Rager, not really the best. Quez Watkins, no. No. You know what I'm saying? So getting A.J. Brown was a good move for this team. Won that trade, give me an A for the Eagles. The Titans gave me the C+. Uh, C I can see why they tried this move, and I can see why they drafted Traylon Burks, because they believe that drafting a guy as, you know, compared to my guy A.J. Brown, why not draft this guy? He could do something similar than what AJ Brown did for less money. I guess I can see why you're doing that, but you have a top five receiver or a top 10 receiver in the NFL. I just believe that. And especially when you have a running back, I mean, a, a QB and Ryan Tannehill, you need the best possible to help him out in that passing game. I don't like the move for the Titans, but Traylon Burks, I'll give this move a C plus for them. So yeah. C plus for the trade C plus for drafting Traylon Burks, New Orleans saints. Yes, draft Trevor Penning at 19th overall. Now, what I like from this move is you get a guy to replace Taron Armstead. Um, Trevor Penning for me, yeah, he has to improve upon his pass blocking, but you know he he he's a nice OT that I believe can help out in that running game, um, and also just the idea of just beefing up the offensive line. I think he has a good first-round talent. I did say that the Saints would have a chance to select them at this spot, which they did. Um, and, you know, based off of what they've done in the past with their offensive line and the development, I'm confident that they could do the same here. You know, Trevor Penning was a first-round talent for me, and now he goes to the Saints. I'll give him a B for this move. Pittsburgh Steelers. First QB at the board is taken, and it is Kenny Pickett at 20. Now, I thought they wanted a Malik Willis. More athleticism, more mobile. Um, you know, but there's something in Penny Kick and Kenny Pickett that they see in him that I don't, you know, and, and according to PFF, he was their fourth ranked QB in the draft. Now, it doesn't really matter what they think because there are multiple reports that he was the best for QB in the draft, second best, third best, you know, it's spread out. But I thought, my personal opinion, I thought Malik Willis was the best pick for them. They passed up on him to get Kenny Pickett. We'll see what happens. He stays home in Pittsburgh. I'll give this move a B because they did need a QB. I just thought that he wasn't the best QB to pick at that spot. 21, the Chiefs get a nice cornerback and Trent McDuffie. I think it's a good haul for them, right? Patriots and the Chiefs made a, a trade. So Patriots went back to the 29th spot. They got a third rounder in return. Actually, two third rounders. And the Chiefs moved up to get Trent McDuffie. Now, you need a cornerback. You know, you lost Ward. So you need a cornerback that can pretty much step in there and help a good tackler, apparently. And you can work on his coverage. You can work on his his um, fit within the scheme. But for the most part, you know they love to play man coverage. You will have to work on being a good uh, press man coverage kind of guy. But I like his traits. I think he does fit well for the Chiefs. I give him an A for this one. Uh, actually, no, I'll give him a B plus. B plus. I'll drop down to B plus. Now, Packers. Packers select Quay Walker from Georgia. Another instance of the Packers not selecting the first-round receiver. All right, so Quay Walker, a good tackler, 
right? He does. He only missed seven tackles in 138 attempts. That's pretty damn good. A good off the ball linebacker. But the question is, um, how does he? It wasn't a big strength. I mean, it wasn't a big need. Sorry, it wasn't a big need for me. We have Deronde Campbell there too. I don't know if Jack and Quay Walker. I guess they want to form that 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 pairing. You know, um, if, if Javante Campbell's still there, I, f- I forget if he's still there or not. Uh, but they, they want to form uh, at least uh, a backbone for Trey Walker at, as one of the lead linebackers for that team. And I guess you could say it was a good pick for them. It wasn't terrible. I know people are are, slow, are sort of like you know criticizing them for making this move. I didn't like the move at all. Like I, I think it's a solid move. Quay Walker is not that bad of a linebacker. I'm gonna go a B minus here, but I. F- Felt like they should have went a different direction. Definitely should have. Buffalo Bills needing the cornerback. They got Kyra Elam. Good pick for me. Uh, Bills, obviously, they had a trade with the Ravens. And the Ravens had a trade with the Cardinals. Bills get you know, the 23rd overall pick. Ravens get the 25th. And our fifth round pick. And the Cardinals get Marquise Brown in the fourth uh, round four. So, you know, um, yeah, fourth round pick. Yeah. So, all this movement. A lot of these trades happen. All right. Start with the Buffalo Bills. Need a cornerback. You got a cornerback. Not too many holes on this team anyway, so it's still a good move for me. Um, you know, and Elam, coverage grade of 89.8 as a true freshman. That's not bad at all. I love the fact that they have him in this system because now they get to play some more aggressive defense. You get back to Davis White. Kyrie Elam is going to be a good option number two for them. So good move for the Bills. I give him a B+. Plus. And also, Ravens trading away Marquise Brown to the Cardinals. You know, it's tough, right? Because Marquise Brown, for me, was a good fit for that team, a good fit for the whole entire team. And, you know, drafting Marquise Brown in one round and then drafting Rashad Bateman in the other round of the first round of next year says a lot. You know, that team is built to run the football anyway, so it's not really a big loss. But it shows you that they're more comfortable going into next season with Rashad Bateman as the number one receiver, quote-unquote, than it would be to have Marquise Brown. I don't know. It could work out. But for the Cardinals, I think it's a good move for them, being that they just lost Christian Kirk. Marquise Brown, for me, is better than Christian Kirk, and he will be more impactful and more explosive than a Christian Kirk was for the Cardinals. So I like the move for the Cardinals. Between those two teams in the trade, I'll give the Cardinals a B plus. I'll give the Ravens a B. Right? It's not a bad move. It's not a bad move to offload Marquise Brown. But, you know, according to my guy, Lamar Jackson, he was pretty pissed off. What the F, man? What the F? Dallas Cowboys, Tyler Smith, Tulsa. Not a bad pick. Once again, beef up that offensive line. And, you know, you want to have uh, a run-blocking offensive line OT that can pretty much create gaps and holes for Ezekiel Elliott. That's what he is. His strength is run-blocking. So um, I love the move for the Cowboys. We're going to run first. want to be dominant in the trenches in the past. They have been the most dominant in the trenches when they win games. So, I love the move for the Cowboys. I'll give them an A for this one. Baltimore Ravens, once again, whole entire draft, A+. You lose Bradley Bozeman, free agent. You get Tyler Lindenbaum, Iowa, the best center in the draft. Best center in the draft, right? Has some small. He's, he has a little undersized, but doesn't matter because he uses his hands to really put a force in the game. And on top of that, you want to look at guys who have small hands, who are undersized. Jason Kelsey, all pro, yeah. Heard about that guy, all right? Devontae um, Wyatt was opposed, apparently apparently supposed to be one of the favorites for the Ravens, but I like the pick for 
Tyler Lindebaum to go to the Ravens here at 25. A-plus for me. Get Kyle Hamilton. Tyler, Tyler Lindebaum. I love the move. Now the Jets. What a freaking first round. When we said that we value Jermaine Johnson at four, I was like, hell no. Jermaine Johnson at 10, I was like, eh. But nah, nah, not, not for me, not for me. But to have him slip that far down and to still get him at 26 in the first round, a guy that we like, a guy that was in our top 10, a top 11 for, um, you know, the draft board, a guy that was in the top 15 for Mel's uh, overall best prospects, I love it. We trade with the Titans in the first round. The Titans get the 35th overall pick. You know, that's the second round, second rounder, a third or a uh, third uh, rounder. And we get back the Titans pick 26 and the fourth round. And we still get to keep our 38 overall pick and a third round pick too. I love it. I really love it. This is going to be great. You know, a guy who is good in the run defense. And by the way, yeah, he has, I think he has to work on his pass rushing scheme better, his pass rushing which he does have some moves, don't get me wrong, he does. But the fact that he's a good run defender is better than having him to adjust to be a better pass rusher, if that makes sense, right? I want my defensive ends, my edge rushers, to be stout in the run game because, you know, we want to set that edge first. You want to set that presence. And then, you know, getting a guy like Carl Lawson back, having some other players around the, the team, as in Quentin Williams and Sheldon Rankins, will create those one-on-one opportunities for you to really excel as a pass rusher. So I love it. A-plus for the Jets. I am happy. A-plus for the freaking Jets. Jacksonville Jaguars, Devin Lloyd. Now, this right here saved the draft a bit for them. They get, um, you know, the trade with the Buccaneers. You know, they, they had the 27th, 27th overall pick. Buccaneers get the uh, second rounder. They have a fourth rounder and a sixth rounder in this trade. Now, Devin Lloyd, I like him as a linebacker. I think he's he was... One of the linebackers to go off the board first, you know, aside from the Kobe Dean who did not get selected yet, but I love this pick for the Jaguars for me. I really do. I think he's a he's a great, he has a good motor. Um, he's sideline sideline uh, linebacker, and on top of that, very physical frame. I'll give this move uh, a B plus, a B plus, which bumps their overall grade to a B. Not that bad, I guess you could say. Packers once again another chance to take a receiver. Do not do it, they said. Do not do it. Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Okay. Once again, beef up that defense, right? You get a Devontae Wyatt. You get a teammate, Quay Walker. Now you have a defense line that's going to be stout. I think this is probably the better, uh, best department on that defense for the team now because, you know, we've raved in the past about how great that secondary has been for the Packers. I think now the defensive line is a strength for this team now. But the issue is... He had a chance to pick a receiver. They didn't do so. I don't know why they don't value that position as much as they should, for the matter. And on top of that, was the defensive line that big of a need? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Um, maybe interior. I guess you could say, but I don't think it was that big of a need to address that early on in the in the on the draft. So. Overall, the pack is great. I'll give it a B minus, but they had a couple opportunities to really, you know, help out the offense. You do, your your best receiver right now is freaking Alan Lazard. Come on now, come on now. Let's stop. Even the the Titans receiving corpse is better right now. Having Robert Woods and having uh, Traylon Burks, it looks better than what the Packers have. That's saying a lot. Saying a lot. Patriots. 
Cole Strange, Katanoga, 29 of the raw pick. Patriots trade back with the Chiefs, of course, and they get one of the biggest reaches in the NFL draft this year. He was rated 86 on PFF's big board. He was rated as an early third rounder. Somehow, some way, he makes his way into the first round. The Patriots obviously do not care about who they draft. They like the guy, the traits, the personnel, and they believe in their coaching. But for the value perspective, this right here was the biggest reach of the draft. I give it a C minus. I'm being nice too. C minus. And I, I'm, I'm banking on the Patriots to be able to have the coaching, which they do, to develop this guy into an all pro. Because drafting him this early says a lot. Needed a guard, but there were better guards on the board. And I don't know how the hell you go with Cole Strange, but that's just me. 30th overall for the Chiefs. They draft George Karloffis. I like this move a lot. Edge rusher, they needed an edge because, yeah, Frank Clark is, eh. You know, they needed an edge to put some more pressure on the QB. Have him. You have Chris Jones. This is a good move for the Chiefs. I'll give it an A. Right now, the Chiefs are at an A for the entire draft. Not that bad at all. Not that bad. Bengals select Daston Hill, a guy who was very versatile. Um, Bengals did need some CBs. I guess not CBs, but some defensive backs. And, you know, it wasn't a big strength for the team. Or was, I mean, it wasn't a big need for the team. But I guess you could get, get a guy like Daxton Hill. And when you are a good team, you have the luxury of picking some players that you think can change the outlook of your defense. Maybe he can do that because he is very versatile. Um, I'll give this move a B plus. I like Daxton Hill a lot. I think he's going to be uh, a guy that you can move around that defense a lot and help out that secondary. I mean, they got killed in the, in the Super Bowl, right, when they had their secondary get picked apart. So getting a guy like Daxton Hill can help out that department. Last but not least, the Vikings trade with the Lions, of course. They get the, the 32nd overall pick and the second rounder and the third rounder, and they draft Lewis Sign, or Sean, for that matter, from Georgia. This guy right here is a thud. And I mean a thud as in, like, he's a stumper, right? He is a good tackler, a good tackler, really good tackler. And for the Vikings, now you have that tandem between him and Hitman, also is a good tackler, by the way. <laughs> but you can see that they want to build this sort of safety tandem there. I like the move. It's a B-plus for me. And for a guy like Scene, or Sign for that matter, um, you get him this late. He could be very impactful for your team. Defense will be much improved. And the defense line was already good last year. Now you get another cover coverage defensive back back there to add on to Hitman. You know, maybe now you target a cornerback here and there with the other picks that you do have. But I love this move for the Vikings. I love it. Good work for the first round of the NFL draft. The best teams for me, obviously the Jets won the entire draft. I mean, you have to say that. The Giants won the entire draft as well, too. Uh, the, the, the Ravens, not the Steelers. The Ravens won the draft. Yes, that was some great picks by the Ravens. The Chiefs won the draft for themselves. Biggest reach or the, the the teams that did not win the draft for me. Head scratching moves. Patriots are definitely first in line with that. The Green Bay Packers. Uh, I mean, I could be a little bit rude. I could be a little bit harsh with this one, but I don't think they they did a good job this time. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, I get it. First overall pick is very important, and you didn't take the safest pick. Devon Lewis saved the Jacksonville Jaguars draft, but nah, head scratching moves for me. All right. And last but not least, I mean, I could be a little bit harsh with this one too, but the Steelers. Kenny Pickett was not the best QB for me. Malik Willis was. 
you paid, you traded, you, you you passed up on him to get Kenny Pickett. I don't know, not that big of a deal for me. But let's move on to some NBA talk, man. NBA playoffs is in full effect once again. Yes, yes. What hell? What happened last night? I mean, seriously, what the hell happened last night? Oh boy, my predictions were wrong. 76ers and Raptors looking pretty good in the first half. What I pretty much expected, all right. What I didn't expect was the 76ers coming out to play. Well, that's what I did not expect, all right. So, a, a bit of a back and forth action, some big shots here and there. But what changed the game was obviously that third quarter to give up 37 points in that third quarter and score only 17 did it for the Raptors. I mean, 76ers just took control of the whole entire game. I was very surprised at that. And you just saw some of the Raptors' main scores in the first half go ghost. Pascal Siakam went ghost. You know, uh, Gary Trent kind of went ghost for me. Scott Barnes, eh, you know, went a little bit ghost in the second half. And a guy who I expected to really help this team win game six and force a game seven, OG Ananobi had only five points. It's not enough. And a guy who really had a great half, Chris Boucher, 25 points. And a guy who had a great game the game before, Precious Achua only had three points. He struggled a lot. Oh, for, you know, oh for two from three, one for seven. You needed a guy like him to really step up this game and force a game seven. Didn't happen, you know. But everything was just sloppy in the second half, man. Sloppy defensively. And one thing that I I expected to be a big bonus for them did not work out, which was having Scott Barnes at that point guard position and you know being able to defend at a high level did not do that in the game that crowd was taken out early in that third quarter early man geez louise i have to give credit to the 76ers though they were you know facing a lot of pressure it was mounting up doc rivers mounting up and they came to play move on to the second round to face my miami heat but good job for them to close out this game and to you know not make things more nervous because i could tell you guys if they would have lost this game and it would have got pushed to a game seven I don't know. Uh, it would have been kind of history being making right there. But good job for them. Move on. 76ers get the win, and they win the series 4-2. Now, Suns and Pelicans. I called the Pelicans to win this game. I'm sure you guys know that. But what I did not call was Devin Booker coming back in this series. How the hell did he come back in this series so quickly? Where did that come from? I was so shocked. All right. And he provided a big boost for them, right? He scored 13 points, you know. He had a, 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 the icing three to put the game away. That was great to see. Despite all of that, though, Pelicans were still in the game. But it took Devin Booker's icing three, and it took Chris Paul 14 of 14 sets an NBA record in the postseason for not a missed shot in the game. That's great. 33 points? What? 14 of 14? Yeah, nah, nah. He, that was a, a great closeout by my man, Chris Paul. Credit to him because a couple of times he did that in this series where he closed out the game, but this time this was his best performance by far. Best performance by far. Kudos to him. Really was because I just did not see this happening. No one saw it happening. And you had some good performances by Brennan Ingram once again. McCullum had himself going early on in the first half, you know, but for the Pelicans, he had a double-digit lead. He had, a, he had everything going. You had what you wanted, and you just blew it. Second half, you just blew it. You let the team come back, and it could be the fault sometimes of a young team that is trying to hold a lead 
crowds behind him, young head coach. But when it comes to a veteran team like the like the Suns are, despite them not being really veteran, but they have a veteran leader in Chris Paul, they're going to find a way to get back into the game. And it's up to you to manage that lead, which they did not do. So, unfortunately, the Pelicans, who have played great this whole entire postseason, are now eliminated from the postseason, and the Suns win the series 4-2. I love it. I love it. What a great series, though. What a great series. I was not expecting a lot from this series, but Pelicans are fearless. Fearless leader in Brennan Ingram and CJ McCollum. That is what carried the series. And the rookies, too. Jose Alvarado played really well that entire series. I have to give a shout-out to my guy, Herbert Jones, too. Defender and a nice slosher. Did his job. 16 points last night. Had a great game. Off the bench, Trey Murphy as well, too. Another rookie. So, yeah, that was pretty good. Jose Alvarado, 11 points. I loved it. And you can't forget about my guy, Larry Nance Jr., who has so much energy within just being active, grabbing boards, put-back layups, finishing layups, did his job. Was not enough, though. Was not enough because Chris Paul and his excellence and his greatness sought to it that the Suns would not lose that game. Mavericks and Jazz. Oh, my goodness. Wow, what a game. What a game. So after an instance where the Jazz had a chance to win the series, and they let Luka Doncic back into this series by losing games one, I mean, losing games two and three, you know, I, it says a lot. It really does. Matt, Jazz once again blow another lead, or, you know, supposedly another, another lead, quote-unquote. They had a lead to take, and they did not take it. Um, I, I, I'm really disappointed. And you would have to say that this team has to be broken up now. I know you, there are now reports that the Jazz are committed to building around uh, Donovan Mitchell or committed to Donovan Mitchell, but it's not working. It's not working at all, man. You had multiple chances, not just this year, but last year, the year before, to really put your imprint on as one of the best teams in the West. And it is now a known fact. It's fact that this team is only a regular season team. That's it. Postseason comes, they unravel. They they can't mount up to you know overcoming the pressure. Seriously, man, once again, and they let the Mavericks, who, by the way, had not been to the second round of the postseason in a long time, let the Mavericks do that against them. Luka Doncic is going to the first round, I mean, going to the second round of the playoffs for the first time in his career. Damn. Damn. And, by the way, another team that had a big lead in the game, you know, and you let this team, the Mavericks, come back. 36 points in the third quarter compared to 19. The run was crazy. It was not enough for the Jazz to overcome. And you fast forward to the end of the game. Reminiscent of the bubble, right? The 3-1 to one blown lead that they had in that series against the Nuggets. And it come down to the last shot. Last shot. I think Mike Collins takes the last shot. He misses at the, at the buzzer. Here again, same situation. Utah Jazz, down by two. Bogey. This is right here, their bread and butter. And it, it just put a stamp on how poor they were from three last night. 25%, not a 35. They will live and die by the three. And last night, once again, they died by the three. Bogey, pump fake, had a good look. Whole crowd holding his breath. No good. No good. You know, and once again, you saw in the first half that 
There was some, you know, slight mismatches here and there that were created, but overall, the offensive scoring that, that the Jazz provided kind of hid those issues that they were facing within the first couple of, um, you know, games. But second half came, it was a totally different story. Totally different. Rotation was late. Closeouts was late. Defense mismatches were now a big glaring need, a big glaring issue back again. You know, you saw that one play where Jalen Brunson just cooked. I mean, he cooked Rudy Gobert. Seriously, had that boy spinning left, right, and center. There was one possession, too, where my guy, Spencer Dinwiddie, gets the ball on a transition bucket, right? He just blows past him. I think he blew past Willie Hunter Gomez. Just blew past him. Like, what the heck? Yo, these guys cannot put a body in front of the uh, in front of the offensive scorers. They can't. They just can't, man. They just can't. Once again, another guy who struggles, Mike Conley, 1-6 from 3, 11 points, 4 of 10. Eight assists, though. I will give him that. But this is your guy that you wanted to commit to? Really? Does not show up in big moments. Does not. Just does not do that. You know, and for what it's worth, he didn't really have the best help either than Donovan Mitchell. Jordan Clarkson off the bench shot terribly. 5 of 15. It's not good at all. You know, uh, had your guy, Mike Conley, do nothing. It's another failure for the Jazz. Another failure for the Jazz, indeed, I must say. Moving on to tonight's matchups, the best series for me, Grizzlies and Timberwolves. I did say that whoever is home would win the game, and I'm going with the Timberwolves tonight. Guys, man, the crowd will be in it to win it. And I know what I said before about some of these other game sixes going to game sevens. I think this one, for real, if there was any other choice to have, or if there was one series that I could pick that would go to a game seven, it would be this one right here. Give me the Grizzlies. Just kidding. Give me the Timberwolves. Um, the Timberwolves, for me, have put their stamp early on in each game. There's no reason why I think they can't do that again, especially with the crowd behind their backs in a game where they need to win. You know, it's going to be a great game for me, so give me the Timberwolves for this one. Um, I do expect to see this, you know, for what it's worth, right, D'Lo has been playing kind of really terrible to mediocre this whole entire series. But I do believe that this is the game where he breaks out offensively and scores at least 18, 19 points to help his team win the game. You know, I think it's going to be a, a great trio of him, Anthony Edwards, and Cat to really go off this game and to help them win. So I got the Timberwolves tonight. But, you know, we have a little preview that I'm going to – push aside. I'm going to make an effort, guys. I'm going to make a big effort to push aside and do this preview for you on Saturday. Um, we had the Bucks and Celtics and a possible Game 7 for the Timberwolves and Grizzlies. But another preview also for the Heat and 76ers. That's on Monday, Game 1 of that. Mavericks and Suns going to be a great game. Game 1 of that on Monday as well, too. So we'll see what happens. But anyways, I love it, guys. Yo, stay tuned for some more Game Breakers. Stay tuned for everything else, for the playoffs and the coverage. NFL Draft Day 2 is coming tonight, so make sure you watch. Tune in. See which teams can increase their grade, which teams are going to you know, make their grades overall fall. We'll see what happens. But support MBS. Support my guy, Will. Support myself. Continue listening and diving into Game Breakers, giving you all the content about sports, the analysis, the breakdown, and every freaking thing. And we'll talk to you guys soon.
for more previews of the next round. It is your guy, Edwin, and I am out. Everyone, enjoy the weekend.